0: What are they doing? Why do they come here?
1: Some kind of instinct, memory, what they used to do. This was an important place in their lives. Last night never happened, and I'm going to marry him, and you and I are going to take this to our coffins. I can't do that. Why not?
0: I'm in love with you.
1: (laughs) Snap out of it!
0: Chris Gauza here with Matt Owl. On this episode of the First Run, Matt, it's primary night in New Hampshire. Can Nikki Haley topple Donald Trump and steal a primary win? Can Joe Biden win an estate without him even being on the ballot? And will Ron DeSantis, excuse me, Ron DeSantis now feel comfortable enough to remove the lifts from his cowboy wrestling shoes? I guess they're boots, right? They're boots. And after that, Matt and I are going to go ahead and discuss Cor Jefferson's American Fiction, nominated Matt for five Oscars, including Best Picture. Then it's on to the rallying cry film that got all the QAnon folks all phoned up in their jammies. It's Crazy Jim Caviezel and The Sound of Freedom. There's the Granite State Rundown of the big releases on physical media featuring your streaming and straight-to-DVD picks of the week. And then Matt and I are going to go ahead and uh, close out the show by discussing this year's Oscar noms. We're going to talk about the surprises, the snubs, the rubs, everything really. And uh, Matt has already furiously texted me like half a dozen times about Saltburn being left off entirely. Mm -hmm. So... uh, Let's start everything off with a clip from American Fiction.
1: Excuse me, uh, Ned, do you have any books by the writer Thelonious
0: Ellison? Yeah, this way. Here you go. Right, yeah. Wait a minute, why why are these books here? I'm not sure. I would imagine that this author, Ellison, is black. That's me, Ellison. Yeah.
1: He is me, and he and I are black. Oh, bingo. No no bingo, Ned. These books have nothing to do with African-American studies. They're just literature. The, The blackest thing about this one is the ink. I don't decide what sections the books go in, and no one here does. That's how chain stores work. Right, Ned. You don't make the rules. just gonna kind of put
0: them back after you leave don't you dare ned do not you dare uh, <laughs> man i was thinking watching this i think jeffrey wright and stanley tucci are probably the coolest kind of hottest bald men working in hollywood today hmm what do you think about that i was yeah, going to go through uh, statham's cool but
1: do you think uh i think uh, patrick Stewart's just gotten too old
0: yeah, yeah. Well, I think. Well, plus there's a coolness factor about them. They're very. Mm. I don't know what it is. A certain, as the French say, I don't know what, that uh, I really appreciate about the two of Every them. Time. Every, Every time. Every
1: time. <laughs> Jeffrey Wright, though, is interesting because he always plays like a nerdy guy, and most of his and most of his work.
0: The first time I saw Jeffrey Wright was in Shaft. It was John Singleton's Shaft, where he played okay. uh, Peoples. Right. Which is a very different role, I guess, for him than out, you know, outside of that. But so what is Matt American fiction all about? You can sit and ruminate on my uh hotness description and coolness description on right mm. and Stanley yeah, like well, Tucci. We can get back to that another time. I didn't have to sure. be today.
1: No. Okay, good. I I'm gonna need at least a month to think about that. Okay. That's marinate right. on that, yeah. So Ellison or I'm sorry, Thelonious Monk Ellison is a English teacher slash writer of fiction who hasn't published anything in a long time. He's kind of chafing against the confines of the changing societal mores, Gen Z's uh, ideas of what is and isn't appropriate, the university system. So he's kind of forced to take a sabbatical to go visit his family And he runs into family troubles and money problems and he decides that, as a joke, he's going to write a very stereotypical black book under a pseudonym. And he submits it to his agent as a joke when it turns out that publishers love it and they really want to publish this book. So with money troubles looming, he decides to play the role and pretend that he is Lee Stagg. The on the run convict who wrote the book, fuck. <laughs> I don't,
0: man, you just, you always got to hit the, uh, that's that's fine. That's fine. We can move on from that. Matt.
1: No, so I don't think it's fair that you get to slip in f bombs into like clips and stuff and you don't warn me that it becomes an explicit show. Like I should be able to swear from the beat one.
0: Fine. I, I just want to point out, though, the first thing is that it's, it's, it's Stag R. Lee, not oh, Lee sorry. Stag.
1: Sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. I got it backwards. Forgive I'm gonna me. I'm gonna
0: I'm gonna pompously hit my papers on the desk. Please do. Thank you for fact
1: checking me. Thank you.
0: So, what are your thoughts? I mean, I gotta say, Matt, the trailer made it look like it was gonna be this rip roaring kind of takedown of um, this kind of culture with the uh, white liberal kind of looking to what is it? Kind of just just rub a bomb over their own kind of I don't know internalized guilt over mm. racism in this country. Uh, but it takes a bit of a turn, Matt, and switches more to a family dramedy as well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what what were your thoughts? Were you, did you did you appreciate the added, I would say, depth of the film, or uh, what did you think?
1: Yeah, I do. I did appreciate the kind of switch to a family dramedy. I didn't. I knew the basic premise of this film, but I didn't watch any trailers, so I didn't really know what to expect going into it. And I have to say, I was more involved when it was set up as this, you know, the family dynamic and the drama going on with that and his relationship with his mother and his relationships with his, his siblings, you know, and there are very funny portions of this. And I I thought it was a, but it's kind of a, is this snobby to say that it was more of a kind of like a New Yorker kind of highbrow, funny kind of things, or at least it thinks it's really funny kind of thing. And I thought it was good but ultimately, I think the film suffers a bit because the satire and the thing that it's trying to skewer to an extent, A, is not as good as the kind of family dynamic stuff that I was more interested in. And it's a little too broad. It comes becomes a little toothless, especially towards the end. Even though, you know, things like Adam Brody showing up is, is always a, a grand old time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I'm...
0: That's interesting that you put it that way, because I, I am mostly in agreement with you. I think that there is a lot more going on here than just a comedic critique of culture, right? And particularly, as I said, uh, the white liberals. And I think sneaking in the family dramedy portion of it into the satire about race and and kind of the impulse to sanitize their own kind of internally projected guilt that um, a lot of us white folk try and do by by praising these kind of works perhaps for the most part i think it works and it, it's funny and it's smart and it's great and but it also felt to me like one of those it's been a good year for this is as an an adult film not the kind that matt has filled up on his on his uh, thumb drive but more you know that we just don't see so much anymore that should be celebrated and more importantly viewed because of all the the superhero stuff the horror stuff that which we do love all that stuff too it's it's important, I think, to support films, I think, that are as good as this. A film is filled with rich, detailed, complicated, fully lived-in characters. A film that I think delivers Matt crushing blows with subtle, earnest kind of joy moments, like the woman that works at the house with his mm-hmm. mother, right? Mm-hmm. Finding love. I mean, it's there's a purity into that whole thing that just filled me with... With earnest joy and happiness, watching that all kind of, how they're all kind of very happy for her. And it adds a little, you know, uh, I don't know. I think it was very funny at times, but much more profound and engaging than I think the trailer had initially led me to believe. I was expecting kind of this this whip-smart, smart-biting critique satire film. And it has that. But the focus more on the family dramedy, the impacts of of you know when we get the reveal about his father, the what's happening with his mom, his sister, what happened to his bro- happening to his brother, right? All of that stuff. I got it. Yeah, it was it was a really engaging film, man. And I I do I do agree with you at the end when he has to come up with the ending for the film for for uh, Brody there. I th- it, it, and it maybe some of that stuff doesn't land quite as well as it did in the beginning. Um, but it's a very slight critique for me. I really, it, it, it didn't really impact my enjoyment of the f- film in any capacity.
1: I don't want to give off the impression that I didn't like the film. I did like the film. I just, that I was more, it's like almost like a tale of two films on this thing. And I was really mm-hmm. much more engaged in the, you know, the family dynamics of it and those relationships. And I wanted to see more of that, that I was almost willing to have the satire portion take a back seat. And, in the satire and i think the the director i think felt the same way but this is an adapted work so you know obviously i never read the original book so we'll see Mm -hmm. i don't know if he felt beholden to stick to certain things but the satire portion of it i think could have been jettisoned and i don't think the film would have suffered for it whereas because they kind of stick to it it becomes like i said a little broad and not as biting as it started off being
0: yeah, I, th- I think it does mellow a bit as the film progresses, because I think you get sucked into, just like you're saying, all the family stuff as well. And we have a bunch of nominations. So it's nominated for Best Picture Man, mm-hmm. Best Actor for Wright, Best Supporting Actor for Sterling Brown, Best Adapted Screenplay for Cord Jefferson, which I want to add too as well. This is Cord Jefferson's first film. Mm-hmm. So now, this has been a good year for debut features. And then Best Original Score as well, featuring uh, Laura Cartman. But again, I want to stress how I think how great, and subtle, and detailed these performances are with Jeffrey Wright and Sterling Sterling K. Brown. Um, everybody, really, in the film, it's just it's just a really what engaging, enveloping dramedy type film that I is. I think it's one of the better films of the year. Absolutely, Matt. I I decided to give American Fiction an A. Watching all the stuff that we see throughout the year. And getting to see something like this, it just, you know, it just fills my fills my heart with joy. Just the sheer experience of something as well-crafted and as emotionally depth and as engaging as this film was.
1: Well, good. I'm glad you enjoyed it, Chris. I, I can't tell... So, Chris, I think, would argue with me in saying that this is more of my problem. I don't know if watching film has ground me down to nothing to where I really find it hard to be moved by film. And maybe I just need to take a break from watching movies for a bit here, but I thought it was good, but I didn't think it was anything fantastic. I honestly, if I look back on this year that we just had, although I know we have one more kind of big Oscar contender movie coming up to see, I haven't had that experience where I was like, man, that was a great film. Like I enjoyed every bit of that from beginning to end. I have had that every year for the past few years, and I just haven't had that yet so far. I give this film a B plus. I think it's good. I don't think it's great. I'm happy that it's nominated, but I don't think it has a chance.
0: Oh no, it's not gonna, it's not gonna win best picture. Absolutely. And we'll talk about that in a little bit, but I, so you really, you didn't, I think this has been a phenomenal year.
1: You haven't had that impression, huh? I haven't. No, I'm just kind of going on my immediate reaction after watching a film. Have I ever been like, man, that was magical. I am so happy. I went and saw that. I think literally everything I can think back to over the past year, I've been like, okay, yeah, or less, you know, that's, that's how it's gone. I I don't know. Um, Hmm. Yeah. By our top, 10 next week is going to be an interesting exercise for me because I can't even think of off the top of my head what immediately would be like my top three. Wow.
0: Interesting. Okay. Well, I, I would struggle with that myself, but that's because I think there's been so much great stuff this year. I th- mm. This is the best year we've had in a while, a few years at least. I mean, I don't think it's 2007 good. That's mm. like New country for old men. They don't be bloodier, right? That's 07? I think so, yeah. Um, But it's still, I think, been a really good Really good year, so and I can't wait next week for Zone of Interest, which will close out our year. I was thinking too, Matt. Would you want to do like a, for some top fives for a while as we get closer to the Oscars? Actually, airing is doing like a. I, I was thinking we do a five best actors, five best actresses, five you know that kind yeah, of sure. just kind of do that for our, our own weekend.
1: awards, the first run awards, exactly.
0: The firsties, the, the firsties are well, the, the runnies. Yeah, I don't know the first
1: runnies? I got the runnies.
0: <laughs> I don't, yeah, see, that's what, I'm, that's what I'm scared of. I don't want to sit with that. I got brand new glasses, and now I can't seem to rub it out. I think there's a chip in them already, and I'm getting mm-hmm. very, very Phrasing. Upset. Phrasing. Is there a scratch there? I can't tell. Or you just
1: have gook. Maybe you need to get some liquid cleaner and see if that works.
0: I'm getting very, very upset here. Uh, feedback at thefirstrun.com. Shoot us an email. Let us know your thoughts. American Fiction is currently in theaters near you. Matt, it's coming up on physical media this upcoming Tuesday, January 30th. I already got mine, baby. It's going to be up to you to get yours. My fear is that my sons will never understand <laughs> me.
1: <laughs> How? Dahye? We won again! This is good, but what is best in life? The open step, free tours, falcons at your wrist wind in your hair. Wrong! Conan, what is best in life? To crush your enemies, see them driven before you, and to hear a lamentation of their women. That is good. <laughs> that is good.
0: I read this long Twitter uh, thread about Conan the Barbarian and uh-huh. the interaction between him and the guy who kind of raised him, for a better term, and how integral that scene and all that stuff is to Conan is. It's mm-hmm. fascinating. I, I, I'm sure I liked it. Maybe I should find it and repost it if I can find it. But, uh, yeah, so Conan the Barbarian and Conan the Destroyer being released in 4K from Arrow Films. There's a deluxe set. You can get both of them. If you buy them both, you save about 10 15 bucks. $15. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you can buy them individually. In fact, it's been on Amazon sitting at about $40 right now for a while. Okay. And uh, I watched a video on the YouTubes, and I'm blanking on the guy's name. I do apologize, sir. He did a comparison of the uh, transfers, the old Blu-ray to this 4K, and it is stunning. Absolutely stunning. It's a much deeper color. They amped up the color saturation a little bit, but it's not too much. But the colors really pop now, and uh, it looks gorgeous. So I can't wait to crack my set open and check it out. So we got that coming up, Matt. And this chip in my glasses is going to drive me absolutely insane. All right, because right in my eye line. So everything I look at is just that. Let's go ahead, Matt. Number, uh, what do they call it? Number five. Thanksgiving is being released on Blu ray. Uh, I think one of the better horror efforts this year, though, from my understanding, Eli Roth is a, an unrelenting POS. Includes uh, deleted and extended seats, seats, scenes, outtakes, uh, Massachusetts movies, Eli and Jeff's early films. And uh, some other stuff, including a commentary with uh, Roth and uh, Jeff Rendell. So, yeah.
1: Four.
0: Silent Night, the latest from John Woo, is being released on Blu-ray. If you want it in 4K, well, folks, you're going to have to buy the Steelbook from Walmart. That's the only way to get it, unfortunately. And I could not really find any features uh, available on that. Get three coffins ready. Uh Huh? Unlawful Entry, one of the better kind of thrillers from the 90s featuring Kurt Russell, Ray Liotta, and Madeline Stowe is being released by Shout Factory. They're only putting out 2,600 copies of this Bad Bear, though, so if you want to pick it up, you better grab it now. I think it is currently out of print, independent of this new Shout Factory release. The two Utes. Two what? Uh, What was that word? We're going to go with Mudbound from the Criterion Collection as your number two. Uh, written and directed by D. Reese, featuring Kerry Mulligan, Jason Clark, and Jonathan Banks. Two men return home from World War II to work on a farm in rural Mississippi, Matt, where they struggle to deal with racism and adjusting to life after the war. Brand new 2K Master, supervised by the director, D. Reese. New audio commentary featuring Reese, a documentary as well that's brand new on it and more. And then, Matt, your number one. There can be only one. Decal is putting out one of my more favorite films of last year uh eileen this is the Anne mm-hmm. hathaway um mackenzie smith film about a woman who develops a friendship with a new co-worker at a prison facility that takes a sinister turn again i don't want to spoil it for anybody but it is wild baby oh wow that's my radio dj thing good i'm glad that's over matt uh, also being released in 4k criterion is putting out train spotting Brand new 4K restoration supervised by Danny Boyle. Audio commentary, nine deleted scenes. Uh, reflections on the soundtrack, a documentary from 2008 and more. Severin is putting out Lucio Fulci's The Psychic. I have the two disk of this from my pals over at Viper Video. Uh, there is a four disc edition available right from Severin, which includes uh, a documentary, Fulci Talks, as well as a soundtrack CD. I've, I've never seen The Psychic. Well, I'm a Fulci fan, so I think I might as well pick this up. But I didn't splurge for the uh, four-disc set because I'm a poser. And then we talked about the Cronin Chronicles, Matt, brand-new 4K Restorations, three versions of Conan, Matt, theatrical cut, international cut, and the extended. And then, especially um, to the Atmos soundtrack, which supposed to sound great on this thing. And then we're going through this. And Matt, I never grabbed the straight-to-DVD pick of the week. Oh boy. So why don't you tell us what we should be streaming this week as I hurriedly panic and try and find something.
1: Okay. So I don't know if I recommended this already. I I may have, but I don't remember because they all start to blend together when you're pushing 700 shows folks. So I'm going to recommend killers of the flower moon nominated for many, many Oscars. It's available on Apple plus for your viewing pleasure about the osage murders in what was this the late the early 1900s 1910 1920 is that when that happened i'm not sure but it's pretty good so you should check it
0: out you sure is anything else you want to add about that um well (laughs) anything else that would make sense to include in your discussion of
1: of killers of the flower killers of the flower moon sure Yeah. yeah that'd be great yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think this is uh, Martin Scorsese's uh, tenth nomination for Best Director because of this film. He's <laughs> now exceeded Steven Spielberg as the most nominated director in Oscars history.
0: So that's cool. That is great news. Wow, that is Do I have to ban some more to happen to him? I <laughs> think I have that to vamp is some cool. More? Sure, why not?
1: <laughs> um, what else is going on out there in, in the TV, TV, and movie land? Uh, let's see. Well, uh, I already I'll, did this one. Go ahead, keep running. Okay, well, the newest <laughs> season of Echo, or the new season of the Marvel show Echo is available on Below and Disney+. Plus. It stars the Daredevil antagonist. I'll, I'll hesitate to call her a villain, but we'll say antagonist that now has her own show. Uh, she's essentially a deaf enforcer who is working for the Kingpin, and she finds out that he has essentially... Ruined her life and killed the person who raised her, and uh, she is out for revenge. It's, it's a pretty entertaining little show. It's only five episodes long. It's all out there on Disney Plus, so you can go check it out. Enough
0: bab- all right, Matt. Enough babbling. Jesus okay, Christ, we to keep Whew! rambling on. You know, I just I'm to week. It's gonna be Yule Log. The woods are alive, Matt, with evil, monstrous, ancient entities. Two friends take their buddy to a secluded cabin to take his mind off the recent loss of his wife. Ouch. What they don't expect is a night of terror after they unknowingly burn wood from a tree that was grown from a mound once used to burn a powerful witch. The cursed timber reawakens dark spirits and creatures, forcing them and a stranded woman to fight for their lives during the Night of Mothers. The Eulog burns forever, Matt, in hell. Woo! Boy, that was worth it. All right, let's go ahead, Matt, and talk about The Sound of Freedom. Fuego handed her off here at a village on
1: the Waitara River. South of that river is all rebel territory. No one goes in. Not the army, not the police, not us. What? That's it. You're talking about extracting an 11-year-old girl from a non-terrain. So, it's controlled by an army of rebels. Right? <laughs> Forget about what could have happened to us. She could be killed too.
0: Tim. What if this was your daughter? What if indeed, Matt? Good news, glasses okay. I had to use a little bit of mommy's magic Windex, and
1: uh, did not tell you to do that like fifteen minutes ago.
0: You just told me to use some like like legit cleaner. I just did was like lick that up, like like a Kiss song. Oh my god, Christopher! I didn't I actually lick my
1: glasses. I know you didn't. But still,
0: lick it up. I, I hate Kiss. I, I love dude, that song I hate for Kiss. how cheesy that is.
1: I hate everything about Kiss. I hate Kiss so much.
0: Mm -hmm. like if those really are knights in satan's service i don't think the good lord has anything to worry about (laughs) speaking of which sound of freedom matt so crazy jim caviezel Mm -hmm. super captain of the QAnons, plays a uh a bro is a dude named tim ballard real guy real guy matt this is a real guy right and he uh works for some agency is it the fbi homeland security is it Homeland Security? That's where, because yes. supposedly Tim Ballard may not actually ever worked for Homeland Security. Maybe. Oh, he I did? Oh, look, oh look at that. What are things going on about that? Uh, he may never have actually gone on to rescue any kids. Well, know. you know what?
1: At the end of the film, I don't know anything about Tim Ballard, but looking at the pictures of that guy, none of what you're telling me is surprising me because he looks like that kind of guy.
0: Five women may have charged, uh, alleged that he uh, sexually coerced him. And, uh-huh. uh, stuff. Anyway, Tim Ballard. He works for Homeland Security, and he works on based, busting uh, uh, jerk-ass jerks uh, who do stuff with CP, as uh, mm-hmm. as I said there. I don't even want to say the words. It's weird. The whole fi- the whole film, Matt. Right. Super weird. Let's talk about it. So what happens is so he's tired of busting these low-level creepos, right? And he wants to actually help these kids. He wants to rescue them. He actually rescues this one boy. Finds that he's got a sister, but she's down in Central America, Mexico. I don't know. This film isn't mm-hmm. really too concerned about what part of South America, Central America, the just Colombia. A, Oh, in Colombia. Yeah. All right, you're the Cartagena. You're right. I yeah. apologize. I think they're more focused on though making sure that you know that that part of the of the of the Gulf right. South, yeah, is just filled with mm-hmm. sex traffickers and drug dealers. And but I will appreciate that the director Alejandro Monteverde did not give the uh, give it any kind of yellow tint. Oh, well, uh, Steven Soderbergh and everybody, and everybody <laughs> basically else after Soderbergh did that. Sure, sure, including uh, our, your boy Denis Villeneuve with um, Right Sicario. Sicario. Yeah, so Matt, he, he but he's got to go start rescuing these kids. So he meets up with Bill Camp of all people as a uh, a local. I'm assuming was he an expat? I don't know. Um, who is? Does some illegal stuff, but uses his illegal stuff to actually help kids. Did
1: you actually watch this movie? I don't know. He's a me. he's a, He's an ex-member of, of a Mexican cartel, if you can believe that. Oh, okay. Some, his name is Vampiro. Okay. That I love. That I noted,
0: which is awesome. <laughs> I wrote that down. Bill Camp, Vampiro, that is awesome. Clearly, I, I didn't get much of the details of this thing. Mm-hmm. I think part of it may be, Matt, that it opens up, I think, with the appropriate amount of cringe-inducing willies. Like it felt so exploited. I almost felt like I was watching something that was about to happen. You know, sure. like a snuff film kind of CP type thing. And I will say that the film has some breakneck pacing and sense of urgency in the first third of the film. Sure. That somehow disappears by <laughs> right. the final third of the film. Right. I don't really have the stomach for this kind of stuff. Um, like I'll watch, you know. I don't know. I watch a kid get choked out by uh, uh a girl, uh, a, a witch in um Doctor Sleep. Okay. Right? You mean tortured to death.
1: And yes, go ahead. But yes. Yeah, that's fine. No, that Torture really freaked,
0: that actually really upset me. That I remember yeah. watching Doctor Sleep. Is it going like, oh, to hurt? God. Yes, yes it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got a chill just thinking about it. But but this stuff is just I made me question the ethics of the filmmakers a couple of times, like when they're doing mm-hmm. the scene where they're taking the photos for the Predators to see what they look like. Yeah. And they put the lipstick on the young girl and then she poses as mm-hmm. well, like uh, alluringly for these maniacs. And I just, there's an inherent sleaziness in it that I think what it is. All right. I'm all over the place with this map because I think part of yeah, the problem is that for the most part, I think the film isn't bad. I think it's actually as a rescue the kids kind of thriller. Mm -hmm. I think for a good chunk of it, it's actually pretty good. Right. But I think it kind of loses its way when he goes to rescue the sister. And then it's it's just so obvious and hits you over the head with a sledgehammer about some of the stuff sometimes. I didn't appreciate it's lack of subtlety it's it's so focused on making its point and then it gets picked up by this like angel studios here and it's just gets latched on the problem is how do you divorce here's my question how do you divorce the politics of this film you can't from the 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 film itself what are your thoughts on help me focus Matt. i'm gonna take a second Okay. Take take a drink. What are your thoughts on *Sound of Freedom*? Because I'm clearly all worked up about this.
1: Yeah, you are. I mean, so here's the thing. I think Chris is right. It is a, at its core, if you just take it as at its absolute face, it is just a schlocky B movie, you know, kids in peril thriller. Like this, if this had come out right after *Taken*. This would be basically like the, you know, like the B-movie version of Taken, which is already in and of itself a B-movie, right? So, Jeff Speakman in Sound of Freedom. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, if this was the 80s, it would have been like Steven Seagal in The Sound of Freedom. But I, so when you look at it that way, you're right. I didn't hate it when i when if i just looked at it that way when i really started to hate this was a just the sheer earnest smug looks on jim caviezel's face Mm -hmm. throughout the whole damn thing and you know the kind of you know proselytizing about god and all this stuff and just knowing that just knowing that this is a vehicle of right-wing propaganda and like the target audience for this thing is your crazy mom and dad and your crazy uncle who are you know old and living this sheltered little life and they don't really know anything except what fox news tells them they're gonna think that this is exactly true life like this is 100 percent true yep. and it's always the people that are of will delicately say non-european descent who are causing all these problems <laughs> kind of thing down in the down in the you know Central and South America, and that's why we have why we have to build a wall and this is, you know, all this stuff. It's all feeding into the worst parts of what they're what they automatically think. And when you think about it that way, it's it's just something I, I have a real problem stomaching. I mean, Birth of a Nation may be a great piece of film from its technical standpoint, but you can't separate it from what is going on in it. It's the same type of thing, much more subtle, but Oh yeah, but it's still knowing what it is is makes it unpalatable to me.
0: I think that's exactly right. It, it is—it's a subtlety of Trump and an Epstein party. I mean, it is <laughs> there isn't an ounce of uh, 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 of kind of just careful, I think forethought and planning of this thing. It, it more just wants to kind of throw this stuff in your face at all times. There's this one scene too, and I don't want to pick on this kid, but when he rescues the, 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 the boy from the van and the way the, t- the kid turns and looks at him and it just, <laughs> it's just like, Oh dear God. But I'm glad Mir Savino gets some work. I think yeah, she, sure. I always liked her and I, you know, she got a horrible deal because of uh, uh, Weinstein basically destroyed mm-hmm. her career. And, there's also like a scene in this film where they're trying to interject some humor in the movie as well. And I was like, what? No, this this isn't the movie you're making, fellas. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't do this. You can't take a, a a hard dog leg left on me like that. It's I don't know. I think part of the issue is that you can't it's so difficult like Matt said to divorce the politic the, the film from the creators and the stars shitty politics. And the problem too with the QAnon stuff, Matt, is I I get it like if you believed this stuff Mm -hmm. right that got into all this stuff i could see where you'd become obsessed with it right but the problem is it also makes it look like it's a problem down there right and not really a problem here right right and who
1: is buying these people it's the people up here that's when that's that is who we're the problem well not we well, Us. we as the collective Americas is, is, is okay. part of the problem. That's what I'm
0: saying. <laughs> I don't want to go on some list when Trump wins re-election. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, no, it's, eh, I don't know. I mean, it was, Matt, what's very frustrating for me too is this is a serious issue. And it's being mm-hmm. twisted to fit a political agenda, sl- to slander innocent people and fire up a base of voters that, that they don't see what the other hand is doing. They do all this culture war and all this kind of uh, uh, say the children BS Meanwhile, they're picking their pockets and destroying their lives, and it's just, it just—it just infuriates me that that's kind of what this film, unfortunately, has become. Because, like I said, it's not a complete disaster. And like Matt said, if it was released maybe in the late '80s, early '90s, it may have been a little different. But I don't know how you divorce the film from everything that surrounds it. I—I I don't know what to tell you about that. I, I really don't. And and I can also too. I was thinking I was watching this thing like. Can you imagine your agent calls you? Says, "All right, Matt, I got a role for you in this big upcoming film. <laughs> Here's the thing: <laughs> you're gonna be a pedo. Like, I don't know if I yeah. take
1: that role. I'm not doing right. it. Yeah, right. I feel like the pedo that they arrested, at least that first one, was heavily made up so that he could take all that off and and like he, you, nobody would ever recognize him in his real life."
0: I I, but so. I,
1: I felt like he didn't tell anybody he was in this film at all.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I don't know, man. I like Bill Camp a lot. And, and Javier Navarrete did the score for this film. He did Pan's Labyrinth, which is a gorgeous right. score. I think, I, from what I understand, too, maybe I'm wrong on this, but I don't think the director knew kind of what was going to happen with this film. So right. I guess how would he, but he wasn't making a uh, supposedly a Christian, you know, save the children type of film. He was making right. a thriller about uh, child rescue, child trafficking. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I don't know. So a couple of things I'd read to online. I don't know how accurate some of this stuff is, but supposedly that our, our hero, um, never mind the fact that you have Jim Caviezel, who is just nuts. I think he's homophobic. <laughs> he's a mm. full on QAnon guy. It's it's crazy. But that uh Ballard supposedly never was an agent for Homeland Security. Uh, he hasn't supposedly he, he doesn't have any actually real confirmed rescues. Supposedly he would take donors on the rescue, on the ops he would call them. Mm-hmm. And which is just entirely crazy to me. Because right. I mean you're gonna you, somebody could get hurt or something could go horribly wrong. And I don't know. I, I, I it's just, it's, cr- it's nuts. I'm not sure, Matt. Matt, I, I don't know where to go with Sound of Freedom. Like, I'm sitting on a C minus D plus because the opening still is strong and cringe inducing mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. really uncomfortable and I think effective, which is what he's going for. But by the end of it, you're kind of like, what, are we, what are we doing here? I, I'm just, I don't know. I think I'm going to go C minus for now, and I may sure. change it to a D. Yeah, I'm definitely giving
1: it a D plus uh, at most. And that's being generous. Like I, I'm i sorry. I just can't support these people. Like I can't support their politics. I don't want to give them any more money than I already have. And I don't want anybody to go out and watch this at all. You can watch Taken instead or watch some, anything else. We can ask us. We'll tell you something else to watch in this vein if you yeah. really have
0: to. I won't even tell you where it's streaming right now. Yeah. You'll figure it out yourself But if you're that. Into it. Oh, Jesus Christ. All right, Matt. Let's talk about something a little more interesting or at least exciting. I don't know. I just feel weird. Let's talk about the uh, 2024 Oscar projections, nominations. Nominations are not projections. These are nominations.
1: Hi, how are you? Nice to meet you. Sorry about the dog crap. What can I do you for? I just had to come see you about my feet.
0: They're, um... Flat? Yeah. Never seen that before. Is he? Look. Huh. Okay, well, can you, you know, fix them? You're stereotypical Barbie, right? Mm-hmm. That Ken of yours, he is one nice-looking little protein pot. I guess. I'd like to
1: see what kind of nude blob he's packing under those jeans. <sighs> anyway, what preceded this way? Oh, nothing. A really fun game of volleyball. That's it? Pots of death. What is? It?
0: Maybe some
1: thoughts of death
0: Thoughts of death Thoughts of death Oh my goodness Matt That sounds horrible That is a clip from Barbie Who got some Oscar nom. I think she's coming in at what Eight for mm-hmm. uh, Barbie But nothing for uh, Greta Gerwig as director Okay And Margot Robbie Did not get a nomination as Barbie mm-hmm. But
1: Ryan Reynolds did Ryan Gosling I mean
0: did I say Ryan Reynolds? I said okay. Ryan. I meant Ryan Gosling. You just
1: switched one handsome white guy for another. They're all I the same.
0: No, don't even get me started on the Chris's. Uh, though I think Pine's the one that go. Anyway, what are your thoughts on the Oscar noms? Let's focus on the Barbies. What are your thoughts? Are, there, are you concerned about Greta Gerwig getting uh, shafted for uh, direction in Barbie? And
1: then yeah, our I think girl that's.
0: Robbie? I think that's a little
1: un. I think that's unfair. Like I think Greta Gerwig deserved to be nominated for her direction. I think it is a very interesting looking film. Margot Robbie, I'm not as upset about her not getting nominated because I don't think she did anything particularly special with the role. And I think, honestly, I hate to say it, but she's just overshadowed by lots of different players that are around her in that film. Like, you know, Ryan Gosling, for one, but even Kate McKinnon is more fun to watch than she is in this, in this film, so... Yeah, I didn't have a problem with Margot Robbie not getting nominated, but I think Greta Gerwig should have been. But
0: well, then who do you pull from Direction? Alright, well, so what's in who's in Direction? So you got Anatomy of a Fall, Killers of the Flower Moon, Oppenheimer, Poor Things, and Zone of Interest, which we have not seen. Right. Um
1: See, so, I don't know
0: who you pull in there.
1: Yeah. Well, I haven't seen Zone of Interest, but I'm I have a feeling I'm really gonna like it. Um Anatomy of a Fall, maybe? That's the only one I can think of, even being on that
0: cusp. Yeah, I don't know. That is... uh, I was reading an article today on the New York Times about that that raised an interesting point, that part of the issue is that uh, the Oscars have gotten more open to international features. Okay. And so you have... uh, Like, like Jorgis does most of his stuff in Europe. And the Anatomy of Fall is a German film, right? And Justine Triette, who's also a female director, mm-hmm. uh, directed that as well. So, and then you look at Best Picture, it's it's usually your your Best Picture winner also has the Best Director, typically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or at least you're going to get a nomination. But it's... Yeah, so the, for international features and Best Picture, you have an Anatomy of a Fall, and then you have... I don't know if poor things counts, but you do have Zone of Interest, so... Sure, and I think part of that international induction of foreign films in the Best Picture, which has increased over the last few years, also hurt Alexander Payne for the holdovers. Because so I think that there's only the five directors. I think if if those films didn't exist, there's a good chance that Payne may have gotten a direction not as well. Right. And then the big snub for me, Matt, is May December. Yeah, uh, not getting uh, what it got. What a, a screenplay one, right? Did it get one of the uh, yeah original screenplay? But no Natalie Portman, no Julianne Moore. And I think the big one for me is no Charles Melton.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm wondering, were the was the Academy a little miffed at kind of being taken to the woodshed mm-hmm. by Todd Haynes and the whole concept of May-December? Yeah. What do you think about Charles Melton getting the nomination in the general May-December? Yeah,
1: the I right think there. that is a, a pretty big snub, especially with some of the other choices that I haven't I haven't seen, but I haven't really heard anything about like Jodie Foster and this Niad movie. Like, I don't even yeah. know it's on Netflix that much ab- right now. Okay. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I find it hard to believe that there's, you know, not one or two that you could draw from each of those categories to make room for Portman or Moore or Melton.
0: Well, who would you? Here's the thing. So, actor in a leading role, would he would be? Would he be? He'd be supporting, though, right? Would he? He'd be supporting Melton. Mm,
1: yeah, I don't view him as a main character, so I think I would say supporting, even though he's the main male character.
0: All right, so you're ditching Sterling K. Brown from American Fiction. I don't think so. No, you're removing Robert De Niro from Kills of the Flower Moon. Mm, maybe. Keep going. Robert, Robert Downey Jr. and Oppenheimer. Maybe. Go ahead. Ryan Gosling, not Reynolds. And Barbie?
1: No, he stays. <laughs> I love I loved him in that movie.
0: And then Mark Ruffalo, Poor Things. Um who,
1: I could see
0: I could see uh, Yeah, see that's I don't I don't know who I would pull for him. Even though he's so great in that film, I don't know. Yeah, but I mean here's the thing. I guess part of me
1: says I'm not sure about Mark Ruffalo, but fine. But at the same time, it's 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 De Niro being De Niro. Like, I mean, it, it he's it's a good De Niro performance, but I don't know if it's a great one.
0: Right? I think part of it too for me was I don't want, to, want that I want to keep De Niro in there. I think it's the best thing he's done in a long time. And right. Also, those all those bad comedies he's been doing for the past fifteen years. But yeah, he's. Mm. I I would consider Gosling if I had to choose one Mm. I may remove Gosling and keep the Mm -hmm. rest
1: but then Barbie has like
0: nothing yeah well do you know that Greta Gerwig I read this online today supposedly it's the first director for their three doesn't regardless of 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 sex the first director to have the first three features nominated for best picture oh really wow yeah good for her lady bird uh, uh um, little women and now barbie all okay nominated for best picture
1: all right that's impressive that is impressive
0: oh good for you good for you so, yeah. Greta. so i'm upset the may december stuff though like i said i did get uh original screenplay and then another big one for me matt no greta lee from my beloved past lives mm. one of your favorite films my oh, <laughs> all, oh,
1: yes i think it's gonna be canonized it'll be on top 20 lists for years to come for me
0: but i was upset about that i thought she was fantastic And the actress in the leading role i haven't seen like you said niad uh annette benning that is uh based on a true story and so okay. is jodie foster too Especially the two performances are the best thing about it. it's currently on netflix it's about i don't know the whole thing and niad is a, actually a person a human being a woman who at age 60 swam um English something channel? yeah thank you okay Is that was the english channel thank
1: you that's the only thing i think of when you say swam that's usually the hard thing people do i
0: thought it was from cuba to okay okay florida i don't that's, remember that's it was like something big miles that's pretty hard so but yeah so i haven't yeah that's but that's on the netflix right now i don't know if that's something we want to try and see yeah cuba to florida boom boom <laughs> excuse me incorrect thank you, thank you very much yeah, so I don't know. I haven't seen either of the, I haven't seen either of their performance, I haven't seen the film. Um what else? So talking about Greta Lee, I can make an argument for Celine Song as well for My Past Lives and then Leo. Nothing for Leo in Killers of the Flower Moon. Mhm. Any thoughts on that? Uh,
1: again, I feel like, you know, there may be a little bit of Oscar bias. They probably think that there's going to be Leo's Leo and he's been in he's been in how many years in a row, or how often has he been in, and I think yeah. they're probably like he's he's good,
0: yeah, that's not fair enough. What about you? What jumped out at you? anything?
1: nothing really i mean <laughs> i honestly i really i mean other than what you've already mentioned, nothing fair. really did i mean i'm I'm really pulling for the boy and the heron you know
0: mm-hmm. i I hope to see that really, yeah, over your beloved uh spiderverse, yeah, oh definitely yeah all right i would not have anticipated that why not you love that spider-verse film didn't you say like the best spider-man movie ever made no
1: i think i still i'm i got it i'll have to watch it again but i still thinking about it right now i think i'd still prefer the first one to this one the second
0: one. Oh, okay fair enough um have you seen all the films in animated feature i have not seen Namona, nor have i seen robot dreams nor have i seen elemental i've only seen uh Harry nope. and spidey
1: I haven't seen any of those either. Although Elemental's on Disney Plus, I guess I could go check it out anytime that I want.
0: Okay. That's good. <laughs> Here's what I'm stuck on. And we'll sure. talk about it when we do our Oscar predictions. Okay. Get, usually the week of the Oscars, that Friday. I don't know what to do about Emma Stone and Lily Gladstone.
1: You think it's, I think come it's down to two it's, of them?
0: It's a two of them. And I don't mm-hmm. know which way I want to go.
1: I personally am going to go Lily Gladstone. I think it's a, a much more subtle, humane performance. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a much more relatable performance than, than, uh, Emma Stone's is. I think Emma Stone really committed and she really made that film, but it's a lot at times. And I think overall, I think, uh, Gladstone's performance is, is is much, much better.
0: Hmm. I don't know if it's B- much, much better.
1: It's just very different. And I, I think I find they it very different much more relatable, much easier to connect with, much easier to kind of get on its same wavelength and appreciate than I can, you know, Emma Stone's performance. Like, it, Gladstone's performance is a portrait of a person that you knew and believe exists. Emma Stones yeah. is a is basically an art project that she did a really good job on. It's performance art, and it's not
0: Ooh, it's not as immediately ew.
1: connective as as Gladstone's performance. Whoa!
0: Oh! okay, wow, that's <laughs> Matt throwing out the it's an art it's a art project. All right, that's fine. Well, how about uh, Godzilla getting any uh, visual effects now on a foot fifteen million dollar budget? Yeah, hey, it deserves it.
1: It, they did. They did more with less on that one, and it's sh- but it, it's really good. I think it's yeah, the, win.
0: I don't know the creators in there. The effects in the creator were really good.
1: They were really good. Yeah.
0: Godzilla minus one, Guardians of the Galaxy three. I can't really remember much. Yeah. Independent of the uh, origin of Rocket, which was heartbreaking. But when it mm-hmm. comes to the like spectacle of the film, yeah,
1: there's that hallway fight. It's pretty good. Yeah. And, like two of the three you know there's a lot of cgi in that
0: yeah mission impossible did reckoning
1: i mean good for as many practical effects as has been i mean tom cruise really jumped off a cliff on a motorcycle that happened
0: that's yeah. Yeah, true and then napoleon which i don't know what we're talking about there i guess he had to digitally create all those armies sure and make right. it look real mm-hmm. you know what i saw i watched a video on twitter about uh the killer and like half the stuff, like when there's one point where he's walking down the street, there are no cars yeah. going by him in the original shot. They actually usually yeah. put all that stuff in and it just blew my mind. Interesting. Looking at it. Yeah, visual effects, I do think, I'd, I think Godzilla's got a good shot. Okay. I really do. I think there's a, there's a there's this nostalgic love for the big guy. And mm-hmm. uh, I think he's got a real shot of pulling that one out. So I'm really excited too next week for um, Zone of Interest because I believe it has a score by uh, Mika Levy. Who okay. I loved. She did uh, the score for um, uh, what's the uh, other Jonathan Glazer film? The um, with the uh, in her skin, in my skin. Oh, okay, her... okay. So, looking forward to that. Anything else, Matt? That jumped out at you? You wanted to talk about? You think you're good? I think we're good.
1: I think as we get more into our pick show and we can really dissect all this stuff, I think uh, we can have a lot more digital ink to spill. But, I mean, as a, an immediate reaction, you know, it wasn't super shocking. I think it's n- nothing that I thought was a major, major snub, even though there's things I expect would have rather have seen get some love. Yeah,
0: I will say too, for actresses supporting role, I think that flow um, from Oppenheimer was more interesting or performance. Emily Blunt has that turn, Sure. In the interview, you know, with yeah. the committee thing, I think so yeah, she yeah. gets to really shine there. Yeah. But I think Florence Pugh as that damaged young woman trying as, as you know, floating in and out of his life is a yeah. much more interesting performance for me than uh is. Yeah, but there you go. But I have to see Divine Joy, Joy Rudolph from The Holdovers on there. I think she's got a real shot at that. American Ferreira, too, got uh, a, bar- for a nomination for Barbie for that, too. I saw so, that, yeah. There you go. So, Matt, I guess let's close it out. Underwhelmed this year for you, huh? Look at these yeah. those pictures. American fiction, Anatomy of Fall, Barbie, Holdovers, Kill the Fall Moon, Maestro, Oppen- Oppenheimer, Past Lives, Poor Things, and then next week is Zone of Interest. Those are all, I think, for the most part, all fantastic films. Mm. They're a very strong year. Just didn't do it for you, huh?
1: Yeah, I just think sometimes you just have years where you can appreciate the film for what it is but it, you don't connect with it it just didn't It just not there's very few films that wowed me this year breaks my heart a little bit it breaks my bit. heart i had to sit through it i was i kept waiting it just didn't happen
0: i'm sorry pal let's hope you don't take a break from movies too soon well just maybe you, just do the show movies and just don't watch any other movies and that's, that's it. Already pretty
1: that? much like that to be quite honest with you <laughs> that's, that's basically it
0: fair enough what are your thoughts on the Oscar nominations? Rick curious where you fall? Shoot us an email at feedback at runcom I haven't been that screwed up in a while talking about a movie, uh, Sound of Freedom. I couldn't get my thoughts together. Even though I had notes, I still couldn't get my thoughts together on it.
1: It's because you were seething with, with rage. Uh, there's an undercurrent of rage just going underneath it. It killed you to say anything good about it.
0: Yeah, possibly. Uh, where are we? Feedback, the first run let's hear from you at thefirstrun.com check out thefirstrun.com archives of all the old shows i'm getting ahead of myself matt what are we talking about next week well we've mentioned it like
1: six times but we are checking mm-hmm. out the zone of interest and
0: i don't think we have anything else i don't think we
1: do have anything else slated i was looking it up but i, I will come up with something it's a surprise
0: am, i'm gonna have some free time this weekend oh i just saw my hair i look like a adam rich again like i did when i was a kid <laughs> um I am going to see The Beekeeper. Okay. Um, But we'll see if there's anything else that pops up. I think Suitable Flesh is going to hit Shudder if it's not there already. Okay. That might be good. And uh, I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, Zone of Interest, the final film. Then we'll do our top 10 films of 2023. The show you've been waiting for with bated breath every week. Now it's finally here since you know it'll be the end of January by the time that posts. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> At least it's not mid-February or uh, early March Like I think we did right. a couple years ago In the meantime, go out to firstrun.com, Archive all the old shows, see the report card And more Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube Just search for The First Run Scroll, 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 eventually you will find us Head over to Apple Podcasts, give us a review To help other people find the show And that's it Matt, Let's go ahead and take an extended break uh, We love you all very much, take care of yourselves And we will see you soon you know the legend written on the wall of the crypt.
1: From the day of my birth. Then you know what will happen if the horn is placed back in the forehead of Dagoth. The god will live again. And we who give him life will stand by his right hand and rule the world with him. You will die in the great evil that will come from his rebirth. We will control him. No one is able to control him. His power and his evil are too great give us the girl or we'll take her enough talk <laughs>